0: Let's uh, join hands with the folks on your row and go across the aisle. See, you all are lucky you came at 11. It's not that far of a stretch. (laughs) At 6 o'clock, some of those people had to have rubber appendages. (laughs) Well, as we're joined together, uh, let's join in confession. Confession. God, today we acknowledge your love for us. We also know that we are to each love each other because you first loved us. But we admit and confess that we do not always love as we should. We forget that your spirit is to love through us. It's not that we don't have enough of the spirit, but that we operate on our own instead. Father, would you love the person on our right and our left through us? Love those in front of us and in back of us through us. God, as our hands are joined, let us commit to holding tightly to the love that is to guide us, your love that enables us to love. May we obey your spirit at all times, in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Everybody doing well? Good. Well, I got my first job in 1976. I know that's shocking to some of you. (laughs) I was 15 years old. It was an ice cream parlor called Main Street Ice Cream, and we made the ice cream right there. We even made dill pickle ice cream with big chunks of pickle in it. People would order it in little cups for baby showers. It's pretty funny. Some of you will get that later. But we served ice cream. We served it in fancy glass with doilies on all the plates. And we served gourmet sandwiches and food. And my hourly compensation rate was $1.25 an hour. Now wait, plus tips. Well, there was very little training offered as I started that job. And frankly, as a 15-year-old, I didn't have a ton of experience at preparing and serving food. And so after about a month, I got that call in to the owner's office to tell me that he was going to have to let me go. Well, this was devastating to me, and no way did I want to tell my parents that I'd lost my first job scooping ice cream... It was harder than that, but that was the bottom line, right? So I decided I would share with the owner that I was sure I could do the job if he would take some time and give me some more training. And so he agreed to do that, and with a new incentive to guide me, I began to take hold of exactly how to do the best work I could for him. And I continued to work there until I went to college. And by that time, I was a shift manager supervising and training other people. Well, what was the difference from nearly sacked to to management? (laughs) Two things. One, training and understanding of what and how to do the job. And an internal incentive to do well that fueled my work. Those two things. Well, we've seen over these last two weeks God's plan for us to love others as he has loved us. To sacrificially love others just as he sacrificed his life for us. And through the messages and through emails from Pastor Steve and in discussions in our small group, I believe that we're receiving training and encouragement and ideas on how to specifically do this. Some of you, just as Pastor Steve was reading off those balls this morning, thought, well, I I could do that. Well, this weekend we want to look at the other. That's our training We're getting more training. This weekend what we want to do is look at that internal piece that helps us to love others and gives us the ability to do so. So we want to take some time and talk about what the Bible calls spiritual gifts. And I believe that a better understanding of this topic will greatly increase your desire and your effectiveness in loving others. I also believe that in knowing that within you is a gift given to you by a sovereign Lord, you will have no trouble building an internal drive that you can use in using that gift to its full extent. There's a note sheet in your worship folder today if you want to follow along. And we're going to look at several aspects on this topic of spiritual gifts this morning. The first is, Acknowledging the source of spiritual gifts. See, every Christian has been given a gift or an ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of ministry in the body of Christ. Every Christian has been given a gift or ability or multiple gifts and abilities empowered by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of ministry within the body of Christ. Every Christ follower possesses the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Acts 2, starting in verse 32, says, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. What you're seeing happen is a pouring out and empowering of the Holy Spirit. Every Christ follower possesses the power of the Holy Spirit. At the moment that we give our lives to Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit is within us. Every Christ follower possesses spiritual gifting from Christ through the Holy Spirit, sovereignly at that moment of salvation. Every Christ follower has a gifting that's been given to us by Christ through the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, starting in verse 3, it says, For the, By the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. See, we have been given a gift from Christ. Let me remind you that they are good gifts. It's not like that nasty, strange-colored candle that your great-aunt Lois gave you for your wedding <clears throat> and you taped up in its box thinking, well, maybe I can re gift this at some point that's still there after 40 years. That's not what God gives us. He gives us good gifts. And those gifts include spiritual gifts that allow us to minister within the body. And we are to use them. We have these gifts and we are to use them. Every Christ follower's gifts are grace gifts. They are given to us by grace. The Greek word in the New Testament is charismata, or grace. Grace gifts. They're given to us not because of who we are or where we live, which side of the tracks we are from, where we've been to school, how educated we are, how wealthy or not wealthy we are. They're given to us by grace. The goodness of God. His grace in our lives. And the gifts are apportioned by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, all these gifts, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. They're apportioned. They're, they're given out in a way that brings God the most glory. That builds the kingdom to the greatest extent. See, that's his greatest desire, isn't it? To bring himself glory. They are apportioned in a way... As he wills. As builds the kingdom to the greatest extent. So we acknowledge the source of spiritual gifts. It's not from us. Nothing we do. The source of spiritual gifts is the Holy Spirit. Is Christ through the Holy Spirit sovereignly to each one of us. If you're a Christ follower in this room today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ then you have been given the power of the Holy Spirit and a gift to use within that power. Well, what's the purpose of them? Well, it's important to understand the purpose of spiritual gifts. See, these gifts from the Holy Spirit must be exercised or used in order for the church to fulfill its mission to lovingly proclaim the gospel. The purpose of the church, the reason that we have been given the Great Commission and what we are to do with it is to take the gospel to every nation. And these gifts of the Holy Spirit are to be used and exercised and developed by every believer in order for the church, the big C church around the world, to fulfill its mission, to proclaim the gospel. 1 Corinthians seven says this, so that you are not lacking in any gift. Now, he's not talking to individuals here. He's talking to the church. Big C and little C, the local church. So he would say to New Life, you're not lacking in any gift. They're all here. Somewhere in your body are all the gifts as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not lacking. New Life Church is not lacking in the gifts. But here's the key. No believer can sit on the sidelines not using their gifts without having a negative impact on the rest of the body. You see, if, if you for whatever reason are not u- allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you and use, your, and use your gifts, somebody is not being ministered to. Something is lacking, but we're told, no, you're not lacking. The only reason you might be lacking is if all of us aren't using our gifts. You know the old adage is that 20% of the people do 80% of the work? Well, praise God, that isn't what it's like around new life. But I can tell you this, we're not to 100% of the people doing 100% of the work. So that's a good goal, right? Let's just get to 100%. Because all of us must be using our gifts in the mission of the church. This weekend, Dave Dunning, our head of building and, and grounds, oversees our custodial crews and everything that happens in the building, said, he described it this way in a meeting, that this weekend was pouring 12 ounces of water into an 8-ounce eight eight ounce glass. There was that much going on. Let me tell you what went on here this weekend. And this is just, this is just like a two and a half days. Friday afternoon, there was a luncheon <coughs> following a funeral in the cafe. And people in their giftings came to help set up. And to serve and to clean up and make sure that that went well. Minister to that family. Well, it ran a little late, so by 4.15, there was still some stuff going on at this end. And at 4.15, the first of 160 teenagers came in to register for Dare to Share, the conference that was this weekend in downtown Columbus. Well, that started at 4.15. Well, there was a whole other group of people down at this end were working to register them and get organized and make sure everybody was in the right van and the right bus. Not to mention the people who beforehand had put time and effort into preparing for that. Many of you helped drive and pray for those students and prepare meals. That took a lot of people using their giftings so that nothing was lacking. Well, it doesn't end there. That group of students left about 5.30 Another crew of people came in to clean up from all of that. Oh, did I tell you that the 160 teenagers all came back on Friday night and stayed in the building so that a group of specially gifted people could make sure that the boys stayed where they were supposed to be and the girls stayed where they were supposed to be and never the twain shall meet. It worked. It worked. People positioned in the stairwells. (laughs) But that took another whole group of people for weeks and months getting prepared for that. Youth pastors from Pennsylvania and from other places. I think three other churches stayed in this building with our students this weekend. All spending months ministering to their their students. Preparing for this. Well, Saturday morning there was a group of people here at 5 o'clock in the morning to cook breakfast for all those students. I was not among them. <laughs> as my grandfather would say, I was checking my eyelids for leaks during that period of time. Well, those students had to get up, eat, and get out of here by 7.15 or so. Well, as I was pulling up the building at 7:30, there was another group of people backing in with their vans to get ready for the Iwana Bible quizzing that was happening. Many churches from in our area, two, 250 people, parents and kids here. That group came in and started setting up another group of gifted people coming in to use their spiritual gifts to minister to kids in learning scripture. Well, that started, then at 9.15, all those people started getting here, started filling the building again. At 10.15 or so, the Bible quizzing began. It finished about 1.15, I think several of our groups uh, did really good. Book 2 won first place, wherever you are out there. Good job. Well, they all left at 1.15. The crews came back in to redo everything. Sometime that afternoon, 4 or so, the crew from Together for the, Go- uh, Together for the Gospel, Dare to Share, got too many things going on, Dare to Share came in to have a prayer time in here, and then they went out into the neighborhoods passing out Gospels of John and and, uh, getting canned goods for Victory Mission. Meanwhile, there was another group of people using their gifts to get dinner ready for them, and the entire lobby turned into a burrito bar. (laughs) They came back, started eating, and about 5.30... They were finishing up eating while people were starting to get here for the 6 o'clock celebration. Well, there had been people here since 4 o'clock setting up sound and getting lighting ready and getting the videos ready. Rehearsing and preparing our worship time. Ushers coming in. To ush. <laughs> so our 6 o'clock celebration took place. And as soon as that was over, part of that crew came back in and stayed the night again. And uh, probably about 60 of them were here at the 9 a.m. celebration this morning from Dare to Share. And here we are. You see, if anyone had not done their part, we'd have been lacking. And I, for one, am grateful that I could do my part this weekend because others were doing theirs. We're not lacking in any gift. The only lacking we has have if, is if any one of us says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not really going to use my gift. Or, I don't really know what my gift is. 1 Corinthians 12 says that we are empowered by one and the same spirit. Verse 11, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. There's that phrase again. The gifts are given to us by a father who does so in a way that brings himself glory and builds the kingdom to the greatest extent. You see, in this weekend of 12 ounces and an 8-ounce glass, the kingdom was pushed forward. Just among our students who went, 55 students and 11 adults from New Life went to Dare to Share this weekend, we had four kids come to Christ. Just at that conference. one and the same Spirit. It is one Spirit who has given us all our gifts. And guess what? The Spirit gets along with Himself. And our gifts can work together like this. 1 Corinthians twelve seven, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The common good. Not our selfish motives or so that we can get a slap on the back. But for the growth and good of the entire church. This little phrase, manifestations of the Spirit, is really interesting. It literally means to be put on display. The Holy Spirit puts himself on display. The gift that the Spirit is actually giving is himself. You see, the Spirit, spiritual gifts are really the Holy Spirit just giving himself to us. And he works through ordinary, broken, struggling, but forgiven Christians to put himself on display. See, each time you minister within these walls, and when you minister outside these walls, you are putting the Holy Spirit on display. And any time you're not working and living in the fullness of your spiritual gift, the Holy Spirit isn't seen. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12 says, So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations... There's that word again. The putting on display of the Spirit, strive to excel in the building up of the church. Verse 26, what then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Building up. The Bible word is edification. And edification simply means a nurturing or a strengthening, an encouragement of one's faith. See, the purpose of spiritual gifts is for edification. They're supposed to be build, we're supposed to be building one another up, nurturing one another, strengthening one another. We're to be building up the church, the people of that church. Ephesians 4.12 says that the gifts are to equip the saints, for the, the pastors are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up the, of the body of Christ. Building up of the body. You see, the body functions best when all of us are doing our part. See, spiritual gifts aren't a spiritual sideshow that we come and watch happen. They are an essential part of God's sanctifying work in each of us. Sanctifying to make us holy. Did you know that God's greatest desire for you and for me is not that we're happy I don't care what Oprah says. (laughs) It's not that we're happy to make us happy, it's to make us holy. To make us like his son. And the purpose of spiritual gifts is for the building up of the body to make you and you and you and me holy, like Jesus. Well, Where do we find these spiritual gifts in scripture? I knew you'd ask that question. There are four main passages in Scripture that specifically identify spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Some would include 1 Corinthians 7, 7, which give an indication that there is a gifting for marriage and a gifting for singleness. For the sake of this message, we're going to assume that there are four main passages and in those passages there are somewhere between 20 and 26 gifts listed depending on how you count or interpret and they appear to be ad hoc in nature rather than exhaustive. That this isn't a listing uh, and then it finishes of gifts and they just stop. But that there may be other giftings. But I would argue that there seem to be some gifts that that form a kind of what I would call a core of ministry in and to and for the church. And to see these core gifts, I believe that these core gifts are found in Romans 12. These divine enablements that I would say is, are the core of ministry. That all the other gifts kind of spring off of. So as we go through these, I want to challenge you. I, would, I believe that every believer has one of these at least one of these seven giftings. The first listed here is prophecy. It's interesting that prophecy is the only gifting that's found in every list to some extent. It's also one of the most misunderstood. In our first Corinthians series, Pastor Steve shared with us New Life's theological stand on this gift. Prophecy is speaking in merely human terms what God has spontaneously brought to mind for the cur- encouragement of other believers. You say that again. Speaking in merely human terms what God has spontaneously brought to mind for the encouragement of other believers. Now that can be scripture or it could be a special revelatory disclosure where God speaks to you a word for someone else. But often that word is scripture. Now these other disclosures should not should and never do go against scripture. Pastor Rod Dempsey, one of the founders of New Life, believe, said he believed that 95% of what God wanted to say to us is already in scripture. So it behooves us to know scripture. But these are those moments where you're... In the quiet with the Lord, and you're asking him to speak to you, and you're listening, as we've talked about here before. And you get something that he says, go encourage so-and-so with this. Say this to your small group. You see, the the person that is prophetic in nature is asking this question. What is God saying? What's he saying to us? The second gift listed here is the gift of service. Meeting practical needs that release others for direct spiritual ministry. Service. Many of the people ministering this weekend probably had the gift of service. But here's what what happened. Because that gift was being used, others were released for other ministry. See, hopefully I could do a better job at my part this weekend because I wasn't making burritos. Right? Right? That it allows, see, giftings, when they're used, they start to mesh, and everybody's able to use their gift to the fullest extent and be encouraged and be doing spiritual ministry because everybody else is doing theirs too. The gift of service asks, What can I do to help? The third gift here is teaching. Under, that person who understands and gives detailed explanation of Bible truth. That person's asking, What is truth? What is truth? What is the Bible saying? That person who can just take Scripture and study it and pull it out and then dispense it to us in a detailed explanation. The next gift listed is encouragement. Some would call it edification. That ability to come alongside another person in need of encouragement and be able to reassure them and strengthen them and affirm them and challenge them. And as that's happening, it's stimulating the faith of others. See, that's, the qu- that's when we ask the question, how can I help move this person to wholeness? Another gifting listed in Romans 12 is giving. That's the earning, the person who can earn money, manage it well, and then wisely contribute it to the works of the church with cheerfulness and liberality. See that gift is that person with that gifting is saying, "What can I give to meet the need?" Now I know people who have the, the ability to earn money, but they do not have the gift to manage it, and they don't really wisely contribute it. And then I know some people can manage money, but they have no desire to contribute it. You see, it's all three of those pieces: that divine empowerment to earn it, manage it, and then give it away. Some of you are saying, Lord, let me give it away. But you're really thinking, but let me get it first. <laughs> the next gift listed is leadership. It's that person who says, let me, I, I'll, I see what needs to be done. And they have the ability to set goals and attract other people and lead people and motivate them to accomplish the work of the ministry. See, this is when the, a person who says, what's the goal? You tell me the goal, I'll get us there. And then the final gift listed in Romans 12 is mercy. That ability to identify with and comfort those who are in distress. That's when you ask yourself, how can I make this person feel better? Now, why do I call these core gifts? Well, it's very interesting. These are listed as giftings. But do you know that if we we took a little more time this morning, we would discover that throughout Scripture, all seven of these we are commanded to do as believers. Every believer is supposed to be doing these works of ministry. We can't say, well, I don't have that gift, and so I don't do that. While every believer is not gifted or given special divine enablement, every believer is to allow God to use them in these ways. You see, aren't, aren't we as believers all supposed to be speaking and encur- speaking to and encouraging others with what God has given us? Aren't we all to be in the word enough to be able to go to a, our small group and say, you know, God just gave me this out of the word this, this week. He wants me to encourage you with this. Or I was praying this week, I was in quiet with God. And he wanted me to come to you and share this. Aren't we all supposed to be doing that? Are not all of us supposed to be people of service and asking the question, what can I do to help? What can I do in this moment so that you can use your gift better? So that you are enabled as I serve. Aren't we all to be teaching? Aren't we all supposed to be able to give an explanation of biblical truth? See, we can't pass it off and go, well, that's for the teachers. I'll just be ignorant. Well, guess what happens? You'll be sucked in by everything anybody says. If you're a parent here today, you're a teacher. You are to be a teacher of the Word of God to your children. Aren't we all supposed to be asking the question, what is truth? Is not every believer supposed to be an encourager? To be able to come alongside another in need? Another in need of encouragement to assure them and affirm them and challenge them. And to stimulate others in our faith. Aren't we all supposed to be doing that? See, we can't go, I'm sorry, I don't have the gift of encouragement. I have the gift of discouragement. We're all supposed to be encouraging one another, are we not? Aren't we all supposed to be giving? Does the Bible say anything about this? Sure it does. We're all supposed to give out of what Christ has given us. And what God has blessed us with, we are to bless with. Aren't we all supposed to be saying, what can I do to meet the need? Are we all not to be leaders? to be able to take a a task and see what needs to be done and work with others to achieve a goal. Again, parents, are you not a leader? We need to be. And are we not all to show mercy, to identify with and comfort those who are in distress? Are we all not to be the kind of people who can go up and put our arm around someone And love on them. In the name of Jesus. You see, we can't say, I'm sorry, I don't have the gift of mercy. So you're just going to have to suffer alone. Now, I'm not saying that all of us need to go do hospital visitation. Frankly, some of you I don't want to see when I'm in the hospital. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to be showing mercy to one another. To comfort those in our lives who need encouragement. And so I call these core gifts because, yes, they're giftings, but we're supposed to be doing all of them. And we cannot use any longer the excuse, I'm sorry, I don't have that gift. On your sheet are some resources if you'd like to further study specific gifts listed in Scripture. And these are all available in the bookstore today at uh, really inexpensive uh, costs. Well, so we know the source of the gifts we understand the purpose of them. We know where they're found in Scripture, I hope now. I think the next step is committing to use them. Committing to use our gifts. And I want to just share quickly six just thoughts on how to really best use your gifts. First, have the right motive in using your gifts. First Corinthians 14 1 Corinthians 14:1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. What's First. Pursue love. Have the right motive. Gifts are not to bring attention to you or me. And our motives and attitudes must be to let people see Jesus above and before they see us. Have the right motive. Second, ask yourself what interests and desires and abilities you have. We can take 400 point questionnaires and fill in little bubbles and put it into a computer and it can tell us maybe what our spiritual gift is but here's a good place to start what do you feel like you do well what attracts you, what interests you where do you find you'd you'd like to minister start there number three look for a fulfillment factor look for a fulfillment factor and a fruitfulness factor What are things that when you do them you have a deep sense of fulfillment? You get that sense of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I'm about. Those times when you sense God's blessing on your effort. And you sense the smile of God on what you're doing. Look for that. Look for that fulfillment factor and that fruitfulness factor. See, some of us are stuck in this idea that, well, whatever God wants for me, I don't really like or I don't want to do. You know, it's the old, oh, God will call me to Africa to be a missionary and be boiled in a pot. <laughs> Does God work that way? No. What, what do you like to do? Maybe you, could it be that you like to do something and you're drawn to a certain area, in a certain ministry, in a certain service area, and you sense the blessing of God because he's gifted you there? Look for those. Number four, seek opportunities where you can try out your gifts and then wait and watch for what God does. Seek opportunities so you can try them out. Don't make the mistake of thinking there are already people in the church with the same gift, so I don't need to do that. Or there are limited... There are just a limited number of options where I can use my gift. Don't believe that. In reality, all the gifts can be used by God in a variety of areas. But you see, we make the mistake to not even make an effort to try it. You know, it's easy to think that a gift like teaching is really limited. Well, it has to be from right here. No, you know there's teachers working all over this building today and throughout this building all week, they're everywhere. You know, it's interesting, there are several of us who share time in the, in the pulpit here, teaching and preaching, but do you know that all of us are not gifted with the gift of teaching? Now, maybe some of you already figured that out. we're not all gifted the same way but what do we do we we know what our giftings are and we try to operate at least I do I try to operate within the gifting that is mine in order to function in a way that my role here tells me I need to function does that make sense so you can have a gift but it isn't always in the place that you think it's going to be seek an opportunity to try it out whatever it is Past that old excuse, well, that's not my gift. Here's what we ought to be saying. Is there a need? Then I'll use my gift there. Because the Holy Spirit's smart. And he knows what giftings he wants to use in a specific area of need. Number five, get input and advice from others about your gifts. Ask people who know you. What gifts do you think you see in me? Where, where do you see fulfillment in me? Has there been a time where I've been like jumping up and down because of my excitement about what, just a, a task? Where do you see God working through me? Where do you think I should be focusing my ministry efforts? Now the best place, frankly, to get this input and advice is in your small group. Because those are people who know you. And you can, you're probably using your gifting right in the small group and you don't even know it. And number six, be content in the use of your gifts while still desiring to grow in your spiritual depth and effectiveness. You know, we don't need to spend our lives just trying for something better. Oh, there's, I, I, I want that really cool gift. I want that one because people see that one or whatever it may be. Seek to be at peace with just seeking after Jesus. Paul tells Timothy Godliness with contentment is great gain. It's great gain. Let God use you in whatever ministry you are in. Now there's a key, little piece there. Be in one. And then let God use you. What's the bottom line? 1 Peter 4.11 says this. Whoever speaks, speak as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. How can we truly love others? By becoming aware of our spiritual giftings and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us as he loves others through us. We must be willing to do what this, this passage on the spiritual gifts are all about. You see, it narrows it to just two. Say something and do something. I believe that God would say to many of you here today, they're a part of this body. Other Christ followers, God would say to you, say something. Do something. Let me love other people through you. Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful for your love for us. We are grateful for your great gift to us of salvation. And that all in that that gift of salvation are these spiritual gifts that you give us. These divine empowerments to minister and serve the body. Father, may we be known as a people who say something and do something. God, may we speak for you. May we speak out the truth. And may we serve in the strength of the God God that supplies. God, may we allow you to love through us because we want you to be honored. And lifted up and exalted. And we want the kingdom of God to move forward strongly. And we do it together. Father, there is nothing that you desire us to do that we are lacking in this place. If each of us simply say, yes, I will say something and do something, then we will not lack anything. And we are grateful for that. Maybe this morning... You need to just make the commitment to say something, to do something. Our prayer partners who are working within their spiritual gifts are here to pray with you. Maybe you just want to go up to one of them and say, I just, all I know at this point is that God's telling me to say something and do something. And I want to make that, cement that commitment today. Maybe you're struggling in saying yes come and let them pray with you maybe today as we've talked about the work of the Holy Spirit you realize that you've never come to a place where you've given your life fully to Christ so you don't sense that power of the Holy Spirit in you and you want to come to one of the prayer partners and ask them to show you how to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ as he calls you Maybe you're hurting today, you need somebody to pray for healing, maybe you just need encouragement, I challenge you to let these folks that are part of our body, using their giftings, minister to you so that you can more readily use your gift. We're going to spend these next moments worshiping, an extended worship time. I'd encourage you not to leave, to stick in here and just come into the presence of God as the Holy Spirit speaks. Let's stand together and worship.